And we're just looking, having a little study tonight, uh, one verse at the end of this glorious portion. Uh, but we haven't read much Bible tonight, so we're going to start at verse 1 and read down to verse 10, just to put the passage in context. It says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now here's our text tonight. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Please keep your Bibles open there. On April the 12th, 1945, President F.D. Roosevelt was uh, sitting uh, having his picture painted. The artist was a lady by the name of Elizabeth Shaumatov and she was painting a watercolour painting of him. All of a sudden, the president collapsed and had had a brain hemorrhage and He died there on the spot. Uh, Elizabeth Shemitov put down her paintbrush and ran for help. And the picture was never finished. It's known as the unfinished portrait of President Roosevelt. And uh, it's amazing she got his face finished, which was uh, uh, enough. But the rest of it had to be left and she didn't feel it was right to finish that. It was, a, it was where it was when he died. Well, that's a sad story, but I praise God that God has no unfinished portraits. In the work of grace that he's doing in his children, the Lord finishes his work. We saw a few weeks back, maybe a couple of months ago, uh, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, how the Lord who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. And that's a wonderful truth that each one of God's children can take to heart. But we are his portraits, we are his pictures that he is painting, as it were, that he is working uh, in us to make. And I know that because in this Bible verse that we're looking at tonight, it says, for we are his workmanship in verse 10 and that word workmanship in Greek is the word poimia uh, p-o-i-e-m-a and it was a word that was used for works of art in the ancient Greek world Uh, it was used of all sorts of things as well it was used uh, of um, finished poetry 
And you can hear the word poem sounds very similar to that. Um, But it says, we are his workmanship. Some of your Bibles may say his handiwork. uh, And it means the same thing, that we are something God has made. And as God's workmanship, we have three things in our Christian life. We have a new definition of our Christian lives. We have a new design to our Christian lives. And we have a new direction for our Christian lives. And I just want to spend a few moments considering each of these things as we give thanks tonight for God's grace and his work in us. First of all, we have a new definition of our Christian lives. In verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Created in Christ Jesus. If I was to show you the Greek and could explain it well enough, you would see in the Greek two words side by side which are for a creation. The first word I've already told you about, uh, poema, uh, was the word for workmanship or handiwork and describing how we are something God is making. But the next one comes right next to it and it's like created, created in the Greek. We are his workmanship And then he says, created in Christ Jesus. And this gives us a new definition of our lives that we didn't have before. And that is that we as Christians are a new creation. And that's something that's spoken of not just here, that's spoken of several times in the New Testament where Paul speaks of God's saving work in the child of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, a verse that every Christian should try and learn, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what has happened to us. We've had a major change in our lives. We've become a new creation. And similarly, in the uh, probably two chapters before uh, this one in Ephesians we're looking at, in, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 15, Paul says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And he's saying there that what matters more than anything else in the world is that you have been made a new creation. Being circumcised or uncircumcised won't make any difference on the day of judgment. The only thing that will count is whether you've been made a new creation. I could say the same thing about christening. You know, a lot of people trust in christening, don't they? Well, whether you've been christened or not, it'll make no difference at all on the day of judgment. What matters is, are you a new creation? That's the thing. And this gives us a new definition of ourselves. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Now this tells me two things about ourselves. First of all, it tells me that we are something that God has brought into existence. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, when he was uh, writing up his sermons on this very passage, he said this. He said, indeed, the apostle uses another term that is still more explicit. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That takes us right back, of course, to the original idea of creation. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What is creation? The very idea, the essential idea of creation is that something is made out of nothing. 
It was not there before, but it is now brought into being. That is the precise way in which the apostle thinks of the Christian. So we must say farewell forever to all ideas of improvement and of self-improvement especially. The most important fact about the Christian is that he is a new creation, a new creature. God, the creator, has brought something into being in my life that was not there before. And that is what makes me a Christian. And I am not a Christian apart from that. Well, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said it so well, I couldn't say it any better. Uh, That's what we are. It means that we are something new that uh, God has made. We are his handiwork, his workmanship that he has created. And uh, we can give thanks that when we become a Christian, a supernatural work of grace has happened in our hearts that wasn't there before. We're not just hopefully nicer people, we are new people when we become Christians. And that's something uh, to understand about ourselves. But the other thing, of course, is the fact that the Christian is being created in Christ Jesus. And that is God's, uh, God's image that he is making in us, in Christ Jesus, when being made like our saviour. You know, Los Angeles Times newspaper carried an amazing story some time back about a seven-year-old girl in high school who was blind. But she had, in her early younger years, been able to see. And she still held in her memory an image of what she looked like from looking in a mirror. And they were doing sculpting in her art class. So out of, sculpt, out of clay, and it was probably more like what we would say like Play-Doh type of clay, but it was clay that they could mould, not, not really very wet on a wheel. She moulded an image of herself and the teacher was so stunned by it it went to the newspapers and it was on the news and everything but that girl was making this image like herself well that's what god is doing we're created in christ jesus we're we're made with the purpose of being like the lord jesus created in him so what a wonderful definition this gives us. Don't go out of here tonight thinking uh, uh, you know, that you're just a Christian. You are a Christian. That's a miracle of God. That's a miracle of God. You know, something that God has done that nobody else could do. Psalm 100 and verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. This is an act of God that has happened in you. You are a new creation made by him. And you are being made into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's something to really lay hold of as his workmanship. Second thing I want you to see is as uh, Christians we have a new design to our Christian lives. And that's what we see again in verse 10 as the verse goes on. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works for good works and the design of our christian life from now on is to be people who live a life of good works 
Now, it's very wonderful how Paul uh, laid this verse out in the, in the passage of Ephesians 2. And it's very important to take it in its context because there's a lot of people today who think that Christianity is, you know, earned by living a good life. And as you become uh, a better and better person, eventually you become a Christian. Well, that's not what Paul is saying. And that's why it's so wonderful. In the verse before, he said that salvation is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We receive salvation as a gift. It's not something we try and earn by doing good things. However, the mistake that many people make is that now I'm a Christian, good works are something I don't need to worry about. And actually, that's not true. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. And good works are an important part of the Christian life. According to James chapter 2, verses 16 to 26, it's how you can tell that you have faith. Because faith without works is dead. If you say that you've got faith, but you don't have any good works, and your, your life isn't producing any spiritual fruit in that way, then you need to go back to the drawing board quick. Because you haven't got real saving faith. Real saving faith produces good works. I always say it's like a a, a torch. If you find an old torch in a cupboard, and I've been doing some cleaning out as I've been uh, working away uh, in in my office lately and throwing away a few old things. And uh, if you come across a torch, you think, does this work or not? What do you do? Press the button. How do you know if it's got any batteries in it that are alive? You press the button. And uh, if the light comes on, you know it's good. If, you, if no lights come on, then uh, you know there's no batteries that are alive in it. Well, that's the same with the Christian. How do we know if we have true salvation? Well, God is going to produce good works in us. Again, salvation is not a reward for the righteous. It is a gift for the guilty. And we must hold on to that. But when we get saved, we are called to work out not work for but work out our salvation with fear and trembling as philippians 2 verses 12 and 13 tells us and that means that each one of us should be uh doing good works it's a very basic thing but it's something we need to take to heart it's what the bible says and god has good works that he wants us to do And that brings me to my third and final point this evening, that as a Christian, we have a new direction for our lives. And that is that God has prepared things for us to do, because he goes on and says, for good works which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Now, when I uh, do my preparation, I like to compare Bible translations And it's very interesting looking at the oldest Bible translations uh, in English that we have. Uh, The King James Version, John Wycliffe's Version, which is uh, the oldest going back to the 1300s, Tyndale and the Geneva Bible all say they are good works which God ordained for us to do. And they use that word, ordained. And it's a word, of course, that it is linked to predestination. And it says that God has a sovereign plan for our lives. And it it means that God has prepared good works for us to do. That we should walk in them. And that's the other side of it. God has prepared those good works beforehand, 
but we have to make the human choice to walk in those good works. And I like the way the Amplified Version puts it. The Amplified says, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. God has a plan for us to live for him, doing the right works. And each one of us needs to find that plan, find those good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. And that means there may be a job in the church for you to do. There may be uh, something in the home for you to do. Uh, There may be something in the neighborhood for you to do as one who does good works for the Lord. And we should each one be praying, Lord, what is it you would have me do? That's what Paul said. Do you remember when he was converted uh, on the road to Damascus? And the Lord Jesus said this to him. He said, arise and go into Damascus and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. It's exactly what Paul was saying here to the church at Ephesus. God has things appointed ahead of time for you to do. So that's our job, to find those good works and walk in those paths that he's planned for us. And that means prayer. And uh, that means each one of us needs to be saying, Lord, what would you have me do? Show me, lead me, direct me into the right things. I often say it like this, it's very hard to steer a parked car, isn't it? But you can steer a moving car. So the best thing to do is, while you're praying, start doing whatever comes to hand. Start getting involved in things in the church now. And start doing even just little things. You know, it would be a tremendous help to be able to add to the number of people who greet on the doors. It'd be a tremendous help to have other people helping washing up the communion cups at the end of the the service and things like this. You start with the little things. Instead of at the end of the service just clearing off and leaving up to everybody else to do, why don't you find something to do? There's jobs here to do. And uh, it's a place where you can begin. And then ask the Lord, lead me to the next thing you've prepared for me to do. And I have to say this, the Christians who are the strongest and the Christians who are the happiest are the serving Christians because they're committed into the life of the church and to the walk uh, of faith with the Lord. So I pray that God will help you to realize you are his workmanship and he's going to bring his masterpiece to completion, that he has for your life a new definition that you are a new creation. He has a new design and good works for you to do and he has a new direction for you to walk in those plans, those things that he has prepared in advance for you to do. May God bless you as his workmanship tonight.